You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And on today's show, we are continuing our Power 5 preview of all the teams on Iowa schedule and what are the key matchups and storylines heading into the game versus the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yesterday, we kicked it off with Indiana and Iowa State. Today, we are taking our talents entirely to the Big Ten as we break down the next two games on Iowa's schedule, and that would be Maryland and Penn State, our East crossover opponents. We're going to be breaking down what Maryland brings to the table and what Penn State brings to the table and giving you our predictions. So just as a reminder, if you are tuning in and you haven't tuned in yet this week, I am on vacation, so this is pre-recorded. If you're looking for media day highlights, um, recruitment updates, it isn't happening this week. These are all pre-recorded, but very good content nonetheless. We'll cover all that when we get back to the States next week. So with that being said, let's hop into it right now. Kicking it off with Maryland, a team that does not have high expectations coming into the season. They are projected to finish last or sixth in the East by most outlets. Iowa does have to travel to Maryland. They play them on a Friday night, which is going to be an interesting game time. Um, I was actually going to try to make it there, but uh, unable to do that now. However, should be a fun game for Iowa. After taking on Kent State and Colorado State, they get a relatively, there's no there's no easy Big Ten game, but a relatively easy Big Ten game compared to the rest of their schedule. Maryland's an interesting team. They finally have a quarterback, but they don't have a lot else. A lot of transfers out of the Maryland program. But let's kick it off with their top three offensive players. Uh, Talia Tagoviola, I'm not good with his name. I, I'll just be honest there. He has had some big games, and he has had some bad games. Um, he is incredibly inconsistent, but I think what most people probably remember is him playing Minnesota and having a phenomenal game in that game against Minnesota. But overall in the season, seven TDs, seven interceptions, that's not exactly numbers to write home about. But for Maryland, that's not too bad. Only four games that he played in last season, and he is presumed to be the starter coming into this season as well. But again, going through those games against Northwestern, 14 of 25, 94 yards, three interceptions against Minnesota. 26 of 35, 394 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, eight yards or eight attempts and 59 yards rushing and two touchdowns there. Penn State, 382 yards, three touchdowns, also had 13 yards on the ground. And then against Indiana, a very tough secondary, a 47% completion percentage, 241 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. So he struggled against some of the better defenses in the Big Ten and performed well against some of the weaker defenses. Um, can he make that next step? We'll see this season. Rakeem Jarrett, also a guy that uh, Tagaviola is going to be throwing to. 17 catches, 252 yards, and two touchdowns last year. A former five-star recruit. He is going to be a guy who can take the top off of a defense. And as we all know, that is not what Phil Parker likes to have happen. Phil Parker preaches do not give up the big play. If there is any way that 
in my opinion, Maryland has the opportunity to beat Iowa. It's by getting the ball over the top and beating them with some explosive plays. The other guy to mention for from an offensive perspective is Jalen Duncan. Um, their offensive line in general at Maryland is relatively weak, um, but he was honorable mention All Big Ten last year after starting all five games at left tackle, and he is Athlon Sports Big Ten preseason, um, a preseason All Big Ten lineman as well. So he's a guy to watch out for up front on the defensive side of the ball. Again, not a lot to write home about. Very young or lacking in talent team. Uh, Mosiah Nasil Kite is a defensive tackle, a Juco transfer last year that had five tackles for loss and four sacks. Jordan Mosley finished with the second most tackles on the team last year. He's a safety. And then Terrence Lewis, he is probably going to be playing as a freshman at that linebacker spot. He was a 21st rated player in the nation coming into this season. Um, by that, I mean he was a five-star recruit. He is a true freshman, but I expect him to be playing. So when you look at Maryland, not a lot to write home about on paper. Um, this should be a relatively easy game for the Iowa Hawkeyes after getting two relatively uh, relative cupcake games, I would say, um, coming up to this. As far as matchups go, I would say the big one is Iowa's incredibly strong secondary versus a talented group of wide receivers. Not only do they have Rakeem Jarrett, the speedster, they have Dante Dimas Jr., who led the team last year in catches and is also very solid in his own right. Maryland has done a pretty solid job of recruiting, and there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver group. And again, Tagovailoa, how can he perform this year? That'll be huge. And I'll get to that as actually a storyline. But another key matchup is how will Spencer Petras handle a below average defense. It will be his first non-top fire power five team. Indiana didn't, I should say this, Maryland didn't force a single interception last year. Can Spencer Petras take advantage of that? Um, I will be interested in that because coming into this game, there will have been four games. There will be Indiana, Iowa State. If Spencer Petras plays even well or they win those two games, he's going to be locked in as a starter unless something drastic happens. Getting two cupcakes, you're going to see a little bit of Alex Padilla there. But Spencer Petras gets an opportunity to really take advantage of a weak defense. Can he do it? And then Tyler Linderbaum versus Messiah Nassil. Again, defensive tackle, Juco transfer, probably one of the best players, if not the best player on this Maryland team. He's going to be going up against Tyler Linderbaum and the interior offensive line of Iowa. Uh, interior pressure or pressure from the middle can make a quarterback's life a living nightmare. Again, we know Spencer Petrus is not very mobile. If Mosiah is able to get pressure and get Spencer out of the pocket, which I don't think will happen, that could be a recipe for disaster. Storylines coming into this game, uh, I think really just the fact that so many starters transfer from this Maryland team, including their leading tackler, Chance Campbell, how can they get things going um, from a Maryland perspective against Iowa? Are they going to get things going? It'll be tough to know what team you're going to be getting. And then also, who is going to be running the ball for Maryland? Jake Funk is gone. There is not a proven running back in that running back room. So not only are they losing a lot of players, they don't really have a running game and their offensive line is weak, which puts a lot of it back on Tagaviola, who again, very inconsistent last year. But he's also a mobile quarterback. So can Iowa contain him? Can Iowa handle him? That'll be something that I'm watching for in that game. As far as prediction goes, I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going with this one. Iowa will win this game. At this point, Iowa will have played three Power 5 teams, two Group of 5 teams. They will be 5-0 and at this point is my prediction. There are losses coming, but I do believe they will start the season at 5-0. This is a motivated team. They are ready to go. They finish strong, and they are ready to dominate some Big Ten competition. 
Coming up on segment two and segment three, we're going to get into the Penn State preview a little bit thicker there because Penn State has a lot more to offer from a football team perspective than we have from Maryland. That'll all come up in a second, but I got to give you the sponsors of the show today here in just a moment, and then we'll get back to you at segment two. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You really don't stand a chance. Well, fortunately, we are introducing to you Stat Hero. It is the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts the player in control and winnings within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you the lineups that they are putting together and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else in the market does that today. So go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first to play. They are literally giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That is stathero.com slash locked on. All right, y'all, we are back for segment two of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. Again, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we are covering the Iowa football team's schedule, Power 5 schedule. We have already talked about Indiana. We've talked about Iowa State, both wins. We talked about Maryland, and now we're on to Penn State, a team that Iowa finally was able to knock off last year after several years of trying and failing to do so. Can they do it again? That'll be that remains to be seen. Penn State last year was quite an interesting team, a team that had a lot of high expectations, lost their first two games. You could argue controversially, controversially against Indiana, probably shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, you know, Michael Penix Jr. dived for the end zone. He supposedly gets it, although replays basically says he doesn't. So my thing is what Penn State team are we going to get? Expectations are high. They are ranked a top 20 team in the nation. Um, according to the coaches poll, they will likely be somewhere similar in the AP poll. At this time, who have they played? They have played Wisconsin, Indiana, and Auburn. We'll have a decent idea of where Penn State is, but as we saw last year, when the things got tough, they struggled. They went into a really bad stretch there, but they picked it up early or later on in the season. What can they do? Another thing to watch out for is the fact that they are they have another offensive coordinator. So last year they had an offensive coordinator. They struggled. Now they have a new offensive coordinator. It'll be Sean Clifford's third offensive coordinator in three years. How does Penn State handle that? Will their offense be moving? Obviously, it's a different year. We did not have all the delays. We did not have all the cancellations of practice. So that gives a little bit more time to install an offense. But by this point, you would expect them to have that kind of figured out. You expect Penn State to be ready to roll. And again, This is going to be a really interesting turning point of the season. At this point, Iowa will have played Indiana and Iowa State, and then they have three relatively gimme wins with two, group of five, and Maryland. They win those first two games. Iowa's 5-0. By all all measures, I would expect Penn State to possibly be 5-0 as well with Wisconsin, Indiana, and Auburn. Those are three games they should win along with some, some gimme games too. At this point, we would be potentially looking at a Big Ten title game rematch almost right because if Penn State if they lose to Iowa and the only team they lose to is Iowa and they beat Ohio State they're in they have that tiebreaker same with Iowa this is not a detrimental this is not as detrimental of a loss for either team because they're playing their east versus west counterparts so 
this is a big game that we could see in the Big Ten title game. Now, I think it's relatively unlikely. I don't think anyone's going to knock off Ohio State. But if there is a team, it would be Penn State. So this could be a preview. Also, can Iowa build on the momentum after finally beating Penn State? They've been so close. The last several years, they have been so freaking close. They just haven't been able to get it done until last year. Now, again, Penn State in somewhat of a down year. Iowa takes advantage of that. Can they build on that and start their own streak? I think this team is more posed to do so than ever. But that is just me and my personal opinion. But when you look at what history says, looking at this game-by-game breakdown of Iowa versus Penn State, they were having they were in a pretty bad rut there starting after 2010. They lose 13 to 3 in 2011, 38 to 14 in 2012. They have a couple of years stretch where they don't play. 41 to 14 in 2016, 21 to 19 in 2017. That's a top-ranked Penn State team. 2018 they lose 30 to 24. 2019 they lose 17 to 12. All of these games Iowa was in. All of these games Iowa should have, could have won. Last year they got the monkey off their back. Can they build off of that after a 41 to 21 win? That will be something I'm watching for quite closely in this game. Iowa versus Penn State. It is going to be a very fun game. Thankfully, Penn State heading to Iowa. Now, beating Penn State at home is incredibly difficult. Going through this, after this win last year, they hadn't beat Penn State. So let me see. One, two, three. Since 2009, where they won 21 to 10. See, they won six to four in 2004, and 42 to 35 in 2002. That was a big time program win for Iowa. The biggest win of all, though, was that 2000 win, 26 to 23. So, the earlier part of Kirk Ferentz's tenure, when Penn State was, you know, kind of struggling a little bit, he did a good job. Since then, they have really struggled. Penn State has been really strong, and Iowa has not been able to get over that hump, losing six straight games before finally breaking through. So, again, that'll be huge. Can Iowa continue to build off that at home at Kinnick? That should be a rip-roaring good time. Coming up on segment three, we're going to get into the best offensive players, the best defensive players, and the key matchups, and ultimately my predictions. So stay tuned for that coming up in just a few short moments after a few messages from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have access to computers. Why not save some time and put a little money in your pocket by going to rockauto.com? I went to rockauto.com. It saved me 30 minutes of travel time from going to my brick and mortar store. I ordered the parts I wanted. I saved $50. It took me less than five minutes and it was all delivered directly to my door. I cannot state how amazing that felt to avoid having to go to a brick and mortar store and having all of those options on the remarkably easy to navigate website. That is the power of rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. 
Baseball season is in full swing, and the NFL and college football seasons are right around the corner. Unless you want to bet on preseason games, you can do that right now. But you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch or the next snap, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information today. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs or their path to the Lombardi Trophy. Again, head over to that website, get that free account, and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all, we are back for our third and our final segment of today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Just a reminder, we are doing a preview of Iowa's Power 5 opponents. Tomorrow, we have Purdue and Wisconsin. On Thursday, we have Northwestern and Minnesota. And Friday, we wrap up with Illinois and Nebraska. So, should be a lot of fun. We are getting into the Penn State offensive preview, though. The three main guys, Sean Clifford, Parker Washington, Jahan Dotson, three offensive skill position players. Sean Clifford last year struggled. 16 touchdowns and 9 interceptions versus the previous year where he went 23-7. to He did improve his completions percentage and also had a QBR of 137.4. So while he got benched at times, I would argue that not a lot of that was completely on Sean Clifford. He was learning a new offensive system. Penn State was really struggling. And he still put together a relatively respectable season. He also is a very good runner. Can Iowa contain him? That will be a huge thing that I'm looking for. Sean Clifford can be dangerous when he gets out of the pocket. He can be dangerous when he takes off with his legs, as we have seen with several other quarterbacks from Penn State before. The guys he's throwing to, Jahan Dotson, a guy who should have probably went to the NFL, 52 catches, 884 yards, and Parker Washington, a former four-star, 36 catches for 489 yards. I have no doubt that Iowa's defense will be able to contain those two with their the way they match up in zone. They're not going to let them get deep. However... I do worry about them containing Sean Clifford and allowing those plays to break down. Trace McSorley was so good at that. Iowa would be so close, and Trace McSorley would break everything down and take off running and just have a phenomenal game through with his legs. And that, that just was a killer for Iowa each and every time. So again, can Iowa handle those two wide receivers? I believe they can. However, can they handle... The legs of Sean Clifford. That remains to be seen. I'm not sure of that. Iowa has struggled in the past, so that will be really interesting to me. Um, just for reference, when they played Iowa last time, he had 52 or 52 yards rushing, only a 3.3 yard per carry average, but those yards are very meaningful. That's when a play broke down and he was able to get positive yards out of it. You don't want that. You don't want that. You want to be able to stop the quarterback from being able to do that. Um, but Sean Clifford has that ability to, again, get out of the pocket. Now, they did a better job against him this past year. Six attempts, 13 yards rushing. They sacked him a couple times. But the following game, for example, against Michigan, nine rushing attempts, 73 yards. So Sean Clifford has some legs. You have to watch out for him. Against Indiana, against a very strong secondary, he ran for 119 yards. So plays broke down. He did it on the ground. Iowa needs to watch out for that. Defensively speaking, Tariq Castro-Fields, a third-team All-Big Ten corner as a junior. Honorable mention as a senior. He is the guy to watch out for in that secondary. 
You also have Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker, a safety at 57 tackles, three tackles for loss, and one interception. This is a solid secondary. After being a bit young and being a bit inexperienced, they have some solid players back there. So that'll be interesting to see how Spencer Petras can handle that. And then Brandon Smith, he stepped up when Micah Parsons decided to opt out for the season. He had 37 tackles last year, eight tackles for loss, two sacks, and one interception. So that'll be really interesting to me to see how he continues to build off of a, a very strong um, first-year starter season. My key matchups for this game is Sean Clifford versus our linebackers and Dane Belton. Again, last year, he ran for 335 yards. The year before that, 402. He's done well against Iowa in the past, and Iowa has struggled against mobile quarterbacks. Can they contain him? What can Phil Parker do to utilize Dane Belton to also contain him? What Iowa does from a zone perspective, they can see the quarterback, but they also, if they were to leave their zone too early, the quarterback can quickly make a pass and break down that defense even worse. So that'll be interesting to me to see how Iowa contains Sean Clifford. And then Sam Laporta versus Brandon Smith. Again, Penn State has solid starters in the secondary. Sam Laporta is going to be a heavy target here against a Brandon Smith. Can Brandon Smith cover Sam Laporta? We will see. If he can't, that could be the difference in this game for a target for Spencer Petras to continue to try and hit in this game. As far as my prediction goes, this one's tough. I think this is a toss-up game. I think, to be fair, Indiana is a toss-up game. Iowa State's a toss-up game. I feel better about Indiana than any of the other toss-up games. But Penn State, Penn State could be a tough team. I'm not exactly seeing the the potential college ball playoff hype, but I do think they are a talented team who has some good athletes that could cause some problems for Iowa. But I do think Iowa, at this point in the season, will be ready to roll, and I do believe Iowa will win this game again. Iowa will lose at some point in the season. I can promise you with my predictions, this is not a 12-0 season that I'm going to predict. Iowa will more than likely lose one or two games, if not three or four, given the historical averages, but I do predict a win for Iowa. I think it's going to be relatively close. One turnover is going to make a difference here, and I'm saying 27 to 17. That's what I'm going to go with. I think Iowa's defense is too good. I think their offense will struggle a bit. They'll get a big interception, and they will be off to the races for another win against Penn State to make that streak two straight wins against the Penn State Nittany Lions. That will do it for our show today, though, breaking down those two Power 5 games. Just a reminder that we will be back tomorrow breaking down Purdue and Wisconsin. Lots of fun there. Can't wait to talk about Purdue. Lots of good stats for that one because Purdue, oh my gosh, they just they just tear through Iowa all the freaking time. So can't wait to talk about that. I do want to remind you that if you want to listen to more Locked On content, you should check out the Locked On Bets podcast because betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcasts at. And that will do it for our show today. I appreciate the listenership. I appreciate the love, the support and all of the the great feedback you've been giving. As always, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like the show, give us that five-star review. And finally, let's go Hawks.